You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Draw near to God is the title of this devotion. The drawing near is something that even God works in us. The Lord Jesus, he says in John chapter 6, verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father draws them. And all who've heard and learned from my Father, as it is written, will come to me. You see, this is one of the great evidences that we are truly part of God's household, is that that drawing is in us like a child is drawn to its mother and its father. And there is this inward nature that joins them together because they're one of each other. And we're all of God. We are of God. And if we're going to be godly, then that drawing is in us. And it is the great work of our salvation and of our Savior to keep that drawing. I used to liken it, and I still sometimes do, to an elastic band. You see, an elastic band, let's say I have an elastic band around my neck and it just kind of hangs here, right? And if you would be holding it with slack in it, I would not notice it that much. But if I pull away and the slack is pulled out of the elastic band, it's going to start pulling me back. It's going to, now I know some of us, we like a lot of slack. We like to be able to do all kinds of worldly things without feeling that tugging of the Spirit, that jealousy of the Holy Spirit I talked about last week. And and that we, you know, some people don't like that. I love the jealousy of the Spirit. Oh, I would be frightened without it. I don't want to, I want my elastic band to be like this that just the slightest thought that would cause me to think different than God, I could feel the pulling back. I I, want to have his heart. I want to have his mind as Isaiah chapter 55 talks about. So let me read with you from the Amplified here, Hebrews chapter seven, verse 25 and verse 26, okay? Hebrews chapter seven, verse 25. Therefore, He, Jesus, is able also to save to the uttermost, completely, perfectly, finally, and for all time and eternity, those who come to God through Him. Since He is always living to make petition to God and intercede with Him and intervene for them, He is the High Priest, perfectly adapted to our needs as was fitting, holy, blameless, unstained by sin, separated from sinners, and exalted to the highest, to uh, exalted higher than the heavens. Jesus is there, the Father's right hand, to form in your innermost being that drawing, 
and to perfect it, as in to bring it to such a maturity in you that you're aware of it, that it guards you, guides you, leads you, and that you have that inward knowing of the Spirit. It is sometimes mentally analytical. In other words, you can analyze the feeling of it, but most of the time it's just a spiritual knowing. And as you yield to it consistently by reading the Word and praying and loving God with all your heart, then it becomes more evident in you and you become more conscious of it because your conscious is washed continuously by His precious blood to be aware of His inward dwelling. You see, in the Old Covenant, you had the Tabernacle of Moses. I spoke about it shortly last week. I think it was last week, um, Wednesday. And I, I, I made a little error and I need to maybe correct that because the first curtain is called the way, the second, the truth, and the third is the life. And I, by mistake, said the truth, the way. And, I, and as I listened to that devotion last week, I thought, oh, I, I miss, misspoke that. So anyway, I tried to, 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 to not mix things up at times. But anyway, you see, the tabernacle of Moses, it says here in chapter 7, was a Holy Spirit example of what God now works in us through His Son, Jesus. And the veil to the Holy of Holies, to intimacy with the Father and the Son, was not yet made manifest, it says here in the Scripture, because the blood of bulls and goats was not able to clear or to strip out of the conscience of man the consciousness of sin, and thereby the consciousness, the perfection of perceiving, recognizing, acknowledging God was not yet available, made manifest. Now, through Jesus, because it says when he died, the curtain, the veil torn from top to bottom. You'll read this, I think, in Matthew uh, there, uh, that when he said it's finished, the curtain tore from top to bottom. And thereby the Holy Spirit signified that the way into inward intimacy with God and inward knowing Him, perceiving Him, had become available because the price had been paid. The life-giving way, as Hebrews 10 talks about it, the new life-giving way had been opened for us through the tearing of the curtain. It says this in Hebrews 10 here. Um, I just happen to have Hebrews 10 open here. It says, verse 20, by a new and living way which He consecrated, consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh. You see, Jesus Christ opened up the way for us by giving His life for us. And that life was without blemish, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And it was acknowledged by God as perfectly holy and righteous and one with Him in His sight by the resurrection of the dead. So that life that He offered to God by His eternal Spirit, the Bible says the life is in the blood, and He offered it to God, Hebrews 9, 14, was accepted as perfect in God's sight, 
one with his heart and nature. And so that life is what he imparts to open the way. And now with a clear conscience sprinkled from an evil conscience with the blood of Jesus, we can become conscious of the Father. That is a new life giving way by which we draw near continuously, continuously. And you see, Jesus ever lives to intercede, to impart that life into you and to keep imparting it to you. And as he imparts it to you, look at James chapter four for a second. You do get these moments in your life that you go, Lord, I've, I've allowed these ways of thinking. I've allowed this entertainment. I've allowed these hurts to block the way. I'm more conscious of these hurts, these pains, and all of these thoughts and feelings that are dark and, and oh, holy God, I repent of it. And that is the work of salvation, to keep your conscience clean, to keep the drawing pure and holy so you're aware of it, so that you feel, oh, my Father loves me. Oh, my Father is with me. Oh, my Father draws me. Oh, I love the drawing. I could never bear to be without that drawing because I'm constantly aware of his presence. David said in Psalm 16, I have set the Lord before me always, and I'm always aware of his presence. Oh, how I love that Psalm 16 in the Amplified, uh, excuse me, in the New English Translation. Uh, he says, oh, this is such a beautiful psalm. He says, protect me, O God. Verse one, this New English. I trust in you for safety. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. All the good things I have come from you. He says, verse five, you, Lord, are all I have and you give me all I need. My future's in your hands. How wonderful are your gifts to me, how good they are. I will praise the Lord because he guides me in the night seasons. My conscience warns me. I'm always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. Verse seven in the King James says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I mean, the language here is so rich that to just read it in the one translation doesn't give you the fullness of what the language is really saying there in Psalm 16. But here in James chapter four, when our conscience becomes aware of things, look what it says in verse eight of James four. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You see, as we begin to respond to that drawing, then the Holy Spirit makes us aware of mindsets, of attitudes, of ways of being that have become worldly, that have become brittle, hard, indifferent to His loving nature and humble, meek, gentle nature. And then you have an incredible work of salvation to humble yourself and to weep and to mourn and lament and 
and clean out, clean out the harshness, the hardness, the resentment, the embitterment, the angers, the unforgiveness, all these things that obstruct our conscience from knowing, perceiving, and recognizing the wonder of his persons, the surpassing and supreme advantage of knowing how beautiful, how beautiful God is. You know, for many people that become hard, so the Lord is not recognized for who he is. And that's the wonder of Jesus. He always knew the Father. So you say to me, okay, pastor, uh, I'm there. You know, I don't have that, that, that beauty, that I don't have that wonder. I don't have that all-consuming in love feeling. I don't feel that, that, that passion for God, that first love. What am I to do? Listen to this. This is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. So it is evident that it was essential that he, Jesus, be made like us, his brethren, in every respect, in order that he might become a merciful, sympathetic, and faithful high priest in the things relating to God, to make atonement, propitiation for the people's sins. For because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted, tested, and tried, he's able immediately to run to the cry and assist and relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried and who are therefore being exposed to suffering. You see, the Lord is so ready to come and help you, to help you conquer whatever would blind you spiritually, whatever would make you deaf spiritually. Jesus said, they're beholding the beauty of the Lord in me, but they are not seeing it. They're hearing the life-giving words in me, but they're not hearing it. They're in a man is in darkness and they do not want the light because their ways of thinking and their ways of believing are evil. And they do not like the light that offends them. It torments them, it angers them. And you see the heart has become so dark that they don't know how to get there. What do you do if you come into such a place that the love and the life and the presence of the Holy Spirit is becoming irritable to you and tormenting you? Humble your heart, mourn, weep and lament and cry out and say, Lord Jesus, please save me. Save me, Lord. Save me. Last scripture, but not least here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. You see, we do not have a high priest who's unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and the liabilities to the assaults of temptation, but one who was tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. So let us then fearlessly, confidently, boldly draw near to the throne of grace the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time every need, to help in good time for every need and appropriate help and well-timed help coming just as we need it. Come on now. Come on now. If you say, oh my dear Pastor Robert, I'm just so far away from God. I'm just so hardened inside. I don't perceive it. My conscience is so blind. 
I don't feel it. I don't see it. I'm in such a dark place. I'm trying to silence the cry of my heart for God with alcohol, with pills, with, with, with ungodliness in entertainment. Cry out, lament, mourn, and weep. And I tell you the truth. The Lord Jesus will not fail to help you and bring you into that renewing of His saving grace, of the cleansing flood of His precious blood, and He'll wash out of your consciousness the deeper stains that would interrupt your consciousness of God, that would in, uh, interrupt it and, 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 and stand against it, and you will clearly see and feel and know the love of your Heavenly Father. Oh, my dear friends, Jesus is a wonderful Savior. He will not fail you. Amen. Have a good day.